In an increasingly data-driven economy, the importance of big data as a discipline cannot be understated. Increasingly, analytics performed on big data is yielding insights and trends that are significantly changing the way in which businesses operate. And it is expected that the cybersecurity domain is going to be no different in this regard. Hi, I'm Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent for Information Security Media Group in Asia. With me is Dominic Ligot, Industry Consultant and Data Scientist with Teradata Philippines. Dominic and I will be discussing some of the practical applications of big data to the cybersecurity sphere, in addition to which he will share some insights on fraud analytics using big data sets and its application to address the growing specter of fraud, which includes electronic fraud in Asia. Hi, Dominic. Thanks for speaking with me. Thanks a lot, Varun. Nice to be here. Let's start at the beginning by discussing big data and security, Dominic. What are some of the practical applications of big data for cybersecurity? I think to address that question, it's important to also, I guess, baseline the definition of big data. And I guess from my perspective, within Teradata especially, big data is still data. And I think the biggest change we've seen in the last uh, 10 years is the source of that data has expanded dramatically from previously internal data. And now the big data domain is merely the expansion of that data the landscape to include uh, the vast amount of data generated on the internet and the wider, you know, unstructured data such as sensor data and web logs and click stream. But at the end of the day, it's still all data, right? As it regards to cybersecurity and fraud, I guess the biggest challenge facing most enterprises now is most of the legacy systems that are in place were not designed for not just the size of this new data, but also the variety of it. And that's, I guess, the biggest hurdle right now for most cybersecurity and fraud practitioners is not just coping with the size of these data sets and the variety of it, but also applying tried and tested techniques and perhaps some new techniques to gain insight from this data and to fight these cyber criminals. So in a continuously evolving threat landscape, what role can big data analytics play in building defenses, maybe providing real-time intelligence to organizations? What are some of the practical applications, if you can give me some use cases, for instance? I guess on that regard, a big part of, I think, not just navigating this new data landscape, but also understanding how it impacts cybercrime and fraud is understanding one thing, is that the perpetrators of fraud and cybercriminal selves are very, very data savvy themselves. They're usually very intelligent people, very creative people. They usually have access to some of the best tools. Some of them are quite savvy in the development, you know, in computer domain. So they know the new data landscape and can take advantage of it way ahead of enterprises or usually very reactive. So that's the biggest, I think, thing for most enterprises to, I guess, adapt to is just, just changing this attitude uh, towards cybercrime and fraud from a reactive approach, which has prevailed for a long time, uh, to a more proactive one. How do you remain one or two steps ahead of the cybercriminal or the fraudster? And uh, how do you deal with people who are not just quite intelligent, well-resourced, but also actually, they actually have fun. You know, they're very, very passionate about this, about as passionate as your usual Silicon Valley star up, you know, but it's just that they're using their talents uh, to the adversity of, you know, the majority rather than, you know, for the benefit. And I guess this is where the new realm of, I guess, analytics real-time analytics and visual analytics comes in because not only are you bringing to bear new ways of analyzing data and processing it, but with the development in not just data processing, but also data storage technologies available now at a much significantly lower cost compared to, let's say, five years ago, uh, there's a lot of these new techniques you can use to fight fraud and cybercrime. Now, just a small query at this point. How different is big data security analytics from the real-time correlational analysis that SIEMs provide today? Do you have a short answer? 
the short answer there is when you state big data analytics, again, going back to not just the size of it, but you're also able to deliver insights quicker and through a variety of new techniques, many of them are in the visual domain, you're also able to superimpose various data types, various unstructured and structured data together, which is now a radical departure from the past where most of the fraud management, fraud detection systems were based on structured data and internal data. So it's not that we're throwing away a lot of these old traditional techniques, but we have to be able to complement them to adapt to the changing data landscape. So for example, one of the most popular tools available to fraud and cybercrime professionals is uh, scoring systems. But scoring systems have a naturalness, which is they rapidly deteriorate. Once you formulate a model, the next day it's already outdated. And it takes some time for new models to be developed because that's the nature of the scorecard development process. Where the big data aspect comes in is through the application of new forms of analysis, unstructured analysis, you're looking at connections and graphs. You're able to supplement traditional scoring with additional insight. And more importantly, with the introduction of new visual techniques, which uh, allow more than just a two or three dimensional uh, correlation, you're actually looking at path in time or path over time series. It also allows enterprises to easily operationalize the insights coming from these fraud detection tools. So you're not just limited to ranking a fraudster or an event by based on its probability of being a fraud, but you're also able to easily zoom in on the source of the fraud or the potential events that lead to fraud. So these are things that previously were possible, but they take a lot of time to do. And with the rapid development and the data types and variety, as I was saying, uh, that becomes a challenge for enterprises who are not uh, adapting to the new trend. Let's speak about the fraud landscape and big data analytics in the fraud domain. Can you give me a brief overview of fraud analytics and what the fraud landscape is like in the Asia region and how big data analytics can help? One of the most obvious trends that we can look now is the way customers interact with service providers. In the past, for example, in banking, most customer interactions were limited to one or two channels, like they walk into a branch or they use an ATM. And fraud detection systems built around these channels were relatively straightforward. You'd have detection algorithms on ATM machines or detection algorithms feeding from branch transactions. But the radical change in that in today's landscape is customers interact with service providers like bank uh, and other industries across a multitude of channels. You, they are interacting through their mobile phone. They're interacting through a website. They're interacting with uh, their television set in some cases. So all of these are disparate data points and customer paths throughout these various channels has exploded in, in such a big way that for your average bank or your average enterprise who isn't uh, quite advanced in terms of their ability to connect all of these data points, they're only seeing just one view of the customer. Now obviously that's a very interesting customer service angle, but from a fraud perspective it's just as relevant because fraudsters may be hitting you on various channels and you don't know it. And again, the obvious but very, very difficult challenge there is how do you detect fraudsters from all aspects of the interaction with, uh, with your company, for instance. How do you draw connections from someone who commits fraud on your ATM versus another customer who actually opened the bogus account on your branch? And how do you get all of the data flowing into the same algorithm and generating insights in a short, timely manner that allows you to curtail that fraud or catch future fraud? So I don't know if that's painting the picture, but it is this multitude of new interactions. All of them are being digitized right now, and the data is there. There's just in all over the place. It's just in silos. Uh, companies are are being challenged to find ways of putting all of this in one place. And guess what? All of these separate systems have their own data formats. They will not agree with each other. They will not 
connect your customer in a logical manner. And that's another challenge for businesses. How do you create a composite view of a fraudster or a composite view of a customer where you deliver great customer service on the one hand, but you're also able to spot the bad guys on the other hand? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'd be interested in hearing from you how fraud analytics can be successfully integrated into existing fraud management programs. You spoke about the scorecard system, etc. And, you know, when you look at the industry today, how are enterprises using big data analytics to help prevent things like identity theft and fraud? Okay, to be sure, uh, and I think I'll tackle the latter part first. My opinion is that the take-up of new big data analytics on fraud has been quite slow compared to the prevalence of fraud in the new digital world. And I will hit a very important point here first before we tackle the specifics around creating a better fraud architecture. And the fact of the matter is the way fraud functions are created or measured these days in any typical institution or even a bank, for instance, is that there's very little appreciation of the amount of fraud that you can prevent. Number one, it's very, very challenging to actually quantify for a typical fraud detection team that they've actually prevented fraud. Most fraud teams are measured on their ability to recover losses, not prevent future losses. And that's a very, very important strategic issue because most of these fraud detection, fraud management solutions uh, don't come cheap. And in most cases, the initial investment in a new system far exceeds the amount of fraud that you either have experienced or can recover. And your ability as an enterprise to justify an investment in a new fraud system will on paper look like an outrageous cost compared to the amount of fraud losses that you do recover or prevent over time. And you know most initiatives are shot at that point. But I think that's the biggest hurdle. Once you made this investment, it will start to pay back because once you're able to gather enough intelligence and historical information and accumulate enough data points, your fraud system will get better over time. Most companies don't get that at first step. And usually it's when the house is figuratively burning, when there's this knee-jerk reaction, start buying every other tool, only because the fraud has escalated to a level where it's starting to hurt the PNL. And that's a strategic issue. I think it's also a maturity issue where you literally have to get burned first before you, you know, start investing good love. And I think that attitude generally should change. Just the awareness that fraud systems can be justified by prevented losses. So there's a definitely a need to be a change in thinking about how better fraud detection can be from a business case perspective. But at the same time, there's also a maturity curve in terms of how fraud teams are organized. The ability of an enterprise to effectively police fraud across a multitude of new data and channels, I guess, also depends on their ability to gather that data and process it. And that's also where, I guess, a big uh, challenge for most enterprises lies. Most fraud management operationally is delegated to the business line. I still see, in many cases, the fraud is managed in a very fragmented fashion. So if, let's say in a typical bank, you would have people who are looking after uh, credit card fraud. Another team would be looking after check fraud, or you have an online fraud department. And the only thing that's really enterprise-wide is a policy, or I guess a governance body. But there isn't really an enterprise-wide fraud management or fraud database that can easily reference the path of these criminals across these multiple channels. So tell me, Dominic, what can organizations actually do to address these challenges? Once you're addressing organizational maturity, it's really going back to the basics of integrating all your data is a big uh, big hurdle. So if the issue is all of your fraud detection and management is sitting in silos, then the sooner you can get all of your fraud systems to talk to each other in a unified database is probably the best first step. The second is how, I guess, with all your traditional statistical and fraud detection techniques, definitely we're not advocating throwing them away. You need them to remain. But at the same time, you now need to supplement 
your fraud detection, fraud management solutions with more real-time capability. So there are technologies such as REST API, for instance, that are now easily deployable, which allow any database to listen in live via the web and look at, a, let's say, a transaction stream and instantly either write or read from a database. And that's a very powerful way of augmenting your fraud detection and management solution. Secondly, is just expand the ability of your infrastructure to ingest new forms of data. So this is, I guess, where new kinds of database management, previously limited to structured data, but now you have technologies like Hadoop and all these new or NoSQL databases that allow you to look at tech or even audio and video and translate them into a format that can easily be then subjected to your scorecards or your supervised and unsupervised learning. And then on the visual front, technologies like graph analysis and path analysis aren't just fancy ways of visualizing. There are actually analytical techniques that make it easier to view trends that span multiple data types or multiple databases in a much faster manner than your traditional SQL structured databases. The other part as well, which I'd like to address is the visual approach actually allows analysts to instantly spot trends and create more intuitive or creative ways of linking events together. That would otherwise be a challenge if you're looking at, say, a, you know, a raw table or a raw column. Okay, Dominic, one last question for you. Can you share some predictions with me? You know, what do you expect the landscape to be like in the next couple of years? What kind of traction do you expect big data analytics is going to have in the security domain going forward? I guess the, maybe that's probably the punchline here is that legendary battle between Deep Blue and Gary Kasparov, chess master, if you remember that. And since Deep Blue beat Kasparov, everyone across multiple industries and communities have always started to assume that a computer algorithm will be strong enough to defeat human intuition. But the reality is when you talk about cybercrime prevention and fraud is that it's never an algorithm being pitted against human beings. You're trying to pit your own fraud detection algorithms against human beings who are also armed with their own algorithms. So instead, technology should not be seen as a foil to these uh, fraudsters, but we have to learn how to make technology and human analysis more seamless. And that's, I guess, the punchline when it comes to this new visual analysis is you're trying to minimize the hurdle from the time you accumulate data transform it in a form that analysts can read and then create insight and transform that insight to action. And if you don't have these new tools, it'll be some time before your analysis teams, your fraud teams can get to that insight. And that's a crucial weakness when you're going up against fraudsters and cyber criminals. In a very big nutshell, we should learn to use computers and traditional human reasoning. If that sounds romantic, I guess that's just the reality as I see it. And I guess lastly, with all of this confluence happening, I also foresee that there will be potentially changes in the way regulation regarding fraud and cybersecurity are crafted. Admittedly, it's still a green field. Regulators have are still groping with you know this rapid change in the data landscape. So you know there could be potential tightening or even more stringent regulation as far as security and cybercrime are concerned. So that's another challenge that enterprises will face in the near future. Thanks, Dominic, for speaking with us again. Pleasure, Varun. You were listening to Dominic Ligot, data scientist and industry consultant with Teradata Philippines. For ISMG, this is Varun Haran. Thank you for listening.